Welcome back. I'm busy here today with Aaron Anderson. Welcome to today's show. Oh, it's good to be here, Alan. Thank you. So, uh, Aaron, in addition to having a uh, very strong educational background, Harvard MBA. That's right. And you're working in venture capital. Yep. Uh, you know, I'd like you to, to tell the experience. You Your undergrad degree was in political science? Yes. So, uh, political science and economics. I was a double major at a Brigham Young University. Um, I was what you call your classic, uh, don't know what I'm going to do with my life undergrad. So I um, I was really interested in economic development. I, I had this grand goal of solving poverty. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, my father was a military man, uh, big into public service, as was my mother. Um, and, and I knew I wanted to do that, be like them, solve big problems. Didn't have the eyesight to fly planes like my dad did, so I tried my hand at economic development. So yeah, political science, economics, those were my degrees, um, and and tried to make a go of it in a in a million different ways. And so you jumped there from economic development, political science, and into getting an MBA. Was it right out of school? So no, there there's a, there's a bit of a gap. Um, okay. So in the spirit of trying to solve poverty and be an economic developer, my first uh, my first foray into the working world was actually with the State Department. Um, in 2007, I went out to Washington, D.C., and was on the Near Eastern Affairs desk, right, uh, during President Bush's, the big surge in Iraq after the war had been not going as well. So my job at the State Department was to help find ways to convince businesses to, well, to set up shop there in, in northern Iraq. Um, and, and I had this wonderful experience in D.C., traveling around from the Pentagon and, and Capitol Hill, um, but but didn't quite love the bureaucracy of it all. And so right as I was graduating, um, I, I finished up this internship and got married. And my wife and I, a couple months after getting married, moved out to South Africa. Um, I worked for Habitat for Humanity for a couple of years out there. So mm -hmm. so that was my kind of in-between uh, undergrad and graduate school. Um, again, in the spirit of trying to solve big problems, um, I, I had this great nonprofit experience, um, but, but came to this conclusion pretty quickly that if I really wanted to help solve poverty, if I really wanted to be a part of economic development, I needed to learn how businesses worked. And, and as much as I love my political science degree, it did not teach me that. Um, so that's how I ended up at Harvard. Um, after kind of a big epiphany moment, um, I went and got my MBA. And so I showed up at Harvard day one not knowing what a balance sheet was, but I also like to think that I got the most of my money in terms of education. I, I learned something there. You know, Business education was real for me. Now, how did you transition into the venture capital community then? Yeah, so great question. So so Harvard for me for these two years in Boston was all about figuring out, am I going to continue to pursue this economic development path or was this time for a major career pivot? Um, while trying to wrestle with that, I was connected with the mayor's office in Sacramento. Um, Kevin Johnson was the mayor at the time, the former NBA all-star, for those familiar, um, and his office connected with me, recruited me out there to come back to Sacramento. So um, Davis, California is my home. That's where I finished high school, um, you know, 15 miles west of town. And, and you know, it was this op awesome opportunity to come back home, work on economic development in Sacramento, and, you know, do it in a place that was really close to me personally, physically, and, and in all ways. So in my time in the mayor's office, I spent a lot of time working with startups and other businesses, trying to recruit them to the region. Um, and, and it became this natural transition working with, with young companies in Sacramento in the mayor's office to, to working with them from the investment side. Um, so I got connected with my current firm, uh, Impact Venture Capital, and Jack Crawford will, 
right as I was transitioning out. And, you know, it's all been a blast ever since. So this is all private industry now. Yeah, that's right. So so what is the state of the venture capital? This uh, Well, so I'm really excited about the, the venture capital world right now. There are a lot of things going on that I think that are truly exciting. Um, but when I look at VC, I... I I see a couple things. Um, I see a, a tech lash that we have to be a little concerned about and make sure that, that we are solving real and major problems, but I also see uh, untold opportunities. So I also happen to teach a, a class at UC Davis now about entrepreneurship, and the thing I love to tell my undergrads is it's pretty simple, that there are huge problems in the world today, problems like hunger, um, clean energy, you know, feeding a billion more people or, or transporting them around the world. Um, big problems that, 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 you know, we want to move fast and break things like we always have, but we also have to navigate the world in a slightly, slightly different way. Um, it's why I'm excited to be where I am in Northern California, because I think the big problems that we're going to solve now are ones that will require a little more navigation than just software coding. Um, so when I think about industries like agriculture or healthcare or transportation, um, I also realize that these are industries that are regulated, that, that an entrepreneur that wants to solve problems in these industries needs to know how to navigate both the policy world and the business world. So, so being in Northern California, where I'm a stone's throw from the capital of the state and just two stone's throws here from the Silicon Valley, that's what I see. It's an opportunity to solve bigger problems. So not just another dating app, but, but feeding a billion people. I'm visiting here today with Aaron Anderson, and we're talking about the state account uh, venture capital as it pertains to Northern California. Aaron, I need to take a quick break, and after we get back, I want to come and talking about how your fund differentiates from other venture funds. You bet. We'll be right back after these messages. Grandpa, can we do chemistry? Papa, Grandpa, let's do something fun. We'll help you stay organized so you can focus on what really matters in life. Give us a call today and see how we can help you start saving taxes. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Aaron Anderson, and we're talking about the state of venture capital. And um, your current firm is Impact Ventures. Um, you know, first of all, how did you come up with the name or or what does impact mean? Well, it's it's a great case? a great question. A lot of people confuse us for uh, you know uh, an impact fund, double bottom line, trying to to make a difference in the world. And while all those things are sort of true, in that we truly want to invest in companies that are are game changing and, and make big differences and positive impact in the world, um, we are truly a, a returns focused fund. So we hope to have impact by investing in phenomenal entrepreneurs that that really want to make a difference in the world, but are driven by building real sustainable businesses that are you know that are going to grow, be the next unicorns, the, the goal like every other great venture capitalist. Um, so we, we try to have impact in a few different ways. Um, our firm, like, like many, is very much excited about the, the rise of artificial intelligence, machine learning, the, the, the ways in which that's going to change the world. In a lot of ways, this feels like venture capital in the 90s, where if you were pitching a company that didn't have the internet behind it, 
you know, it just wasn't interesting. We feel the same way about AI today. Um, but but our team and our, our partners have a few interesting assets that we, we hope to, to bring to the fore. Um, Eric Ball and Jack Crawford, two of our GPs, the, you know, they're Kaufman fellow alums met that way and have done a lot of really interesting work on the, the corporate venture side. Um, it has been fascinating to me to see the rise of corporate venture capital in the last few years. The, the number of deals that, that corporates are involved in has skyrocketed. And we love to co-invest alongside corporates because they make phenomenal strategic partners. Um, they have great market insight that maybe we couldn't get to otherwise. Um, co-investing capital as, as companies get a little larger than, than we're comfortable investing in, they can be great follow-on investors and ultimately maybe even acquirers. So it's a, a big piece of how we try to have impact with the companies we work with is, is connecting them you know, beyond our own strengths to, to other great partners alongside of us. How do you decide what company you want to work with? I mean, there's always lots of opportunities, maybe 300 uh, opportunities come in your box, but what's the differentiating factor of, I want to be with this one because? Uh, great question. So I'm a sucker. I, I, I see a million deals and I get excited about each one of them. So so you really do have to have a strong filter. And frankly, it breaks my heart sometimes, some of the companies we have to turn away. Um, but I am always looking for phenomenal founders and teams. You know, I, I want I want to... A founder that has great experience in, in the venture world before. I'd love to see a founder that's that's founded before. I, I hope they've made a million mistakes already. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, technology and the ability to protect that technology is key. Um, but but we also want to make sure you know that we're able to use our own unique strengths to the benefit of the companies we work with. And and so this corporate piece actually becomes really important. If we don't think we can add value by connecting a startup to to some of our other partners and networks, then then we might hesitate uh, on investing in a deal. I mean, obviously, you you never pass one up that just gets you you know too excited to to, to bear. Um, but but that's what we're looking for: the, the team, the technology, and the market, like any other good VC. Um, but but can we connect them also to these these corporate partnerships uh, that we've built out and and our network in that way? Are there certain industries that you're focused in on on your fund? Yeah. So so we. We are pretty industry agnostic. We've invested in everything from from agriculture to government cybersecurity and, and, and you know anything and everything in between. Um, it's the technology and the team that we really care about. Um, we are seed stage investors and we'll bleed into the Series A. So so what we're really looking for is team tech and and, and early stage. Um, so so industry we're we're less concerned about. We've built a, a great network of venture partners and, and other allies that can help us vet industry if if we aren't you know the world's experts in it. Um, but but we feel really comfortable with our ability to connect them with with these partners and 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 do great work that way. I'm visiting day with Aaron Anderson, and we're talking about the venture capital uh, industry and the current state of affairs. Aaron, I need to take another break, and yeah. we'll be right back after these messages. Grandpa, we found the golden stone. We have to watch out for the treasure guardian. Since you can't take your wealth with you, spend time with your family. Groco, servicing family office needs since 1964. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Aaron Anderson. We've been talking about the state of venture capital and uh, as it pertains to Northern California and, and your experience with impact uh, investing. I, I got to get into one area that is currently in the news and we see the, the valuations that some of these companies are given. We work 
is one. I think $48 billion valuation for a company losing billions of dollars a year. Uh, we recently had another uh, IPO with Lyft, and I think 80 cents of every dollar goes to the driver, so 20 cents, and they think they came out to valuation somewhere in the high 20 billion, and I think that's scaled down to about 15 billion or so like that after the IPO. But what's going on out there? <laughs> so, How do we get to where we are today? Great, yeah. So the venture world's always a little zany, I suppose. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but but I have a few thoughts. And and shoot, I love yeah. you. Tell me where mm -hmm. I'm wrong uh, yourself, Alan. Um, so I'm thrilled at Impact that we are seed stage investors for a few different reasons. Um, but one of the really important ones is being able to add value, build out companies at this early stage and where valuations are not insane. Um, because in my mind, the valuation at an early stage is often just dictated by the negotiation. Um, yeah. You know, what kind of capital are we able to give and what kind of equity percentage do we need in return and, and how many other offers does the startup that we're talking to have? Um, but but you're seeing today, I think, a world in which there's just a lot of capital, um, especially in the later stage venture, just hundreds of millions and billions of dollars floating around. And and I think there's a problem with that in a, in a few ways. So first off, it allows these, you know, what were startups, I don't even know if you can call them startups anymore, to continue to raise capital uh, later on. And it therefore doesn't necessarily demand the discipline that a public company is required to have. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about WeWork and some of the, the disaster there with the, with the CEO and, and some of the mismanagement. Um, when you still control the company internally as opposed to being, you know, or as, as opposed to the scrutiny of the public markets, some of that can happen. Um, but when you also have so much money to invest and, and you still expect a return, of course, that's going to inflate valuations. If I'm putting half a billion dollars into a company, I, I still need to get an equity percentage back and I need an exit commensurate with that kind of kind of investment. And I think that's why I've seen some of these valuations just inflate is because we have money, we need to put it to work somehow. We want to do it in the venture world and and that props up and pushes up valuations to to crazy crazy heights. Um but it's why I think the the really early stage investing is is exciting and vitally important because that's where we seed hundreds of deals and opportunities. We try to try to build up these companies early on, um, give them the discipline they need, and and still be able to get an exit without necessarily having to be a, you know, a unicorn ten times over. Yeah, there is a lot of statistics out there that in the first couple of years, there's more companies failing than succeeding that are getting funded. Uh, in your opinion, why do some companies succeed while others fail? Yeah. So there again, there's a, a million reasons, and each deal is going to be different. Uh, um, but but a few thoughts come to mind. I mean, we we deliberately build a portfolio of investments because it's really hard to pick uh, who the winner is going to be. It's it's easy to separate a good company from a bad one, but it can be really hard to separate a good one from a great one. Um, and and so we we build portfolios deliberately with that idea in mind. We don't know who of our portfolio is going to be the superstar, but we know one of them will be. Um, that's just smart investing. Um, but but there's a few problems I I often see with the startups we work with. And one is product market fit. Um, at the very earliest stages of investing, you know the the startup you're investing in in many ways is a hypothesis, and they're trying to test it. You know we've identified a problem. We're building a solution. We need to prove to us and to the world that 
that our customers want the product we're building. And sometimes they're just unable to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes it's because you think you know what the customer wants without actually listening to them. That's a huge problem. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, team dynamics also become huge. Uh, a professor of mine, a, a mentor at, at Harvard named Noam Wasserman wrote a book called Founders Dilemmas. And I love the, the different examples he gives of, of some of the conflicts founders face in these teams. You know, you s- uh, an investment in a startup is often compared to marriage, you know, and, and sometimes, frankly, those investments last longer than marriages do, um, you know, God forbid. But the, the point being that, you know, if you're going to be getting into bed with somebody like this, you need to be able to, to work well together and get through the highs and the lows and the, the good and the bad. And sometimes teams just don't have the ability to do that. So that's why team is so important to me as an investment consideration is because everything else can look good, but the team can blow up the the whole effort. Aaron, we're running short on time, but I have one more question for you. You bet. Okay. So what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur that wants to develop an idea into a company? Well, so a couple of thoughts. So first off, I would advise any aspiring entrepreneur not to start with an idea, but instead to start with a problem. Um, What I want my entrepreneurs to identify is a huge pain point that somebody has and somebody's willing to pay for. So if you've started with an idea, my my advice is you need to you need to back up because you're probably going to chase down the wrong path and you're going to look for people to to validate your good idea as opposed to customers to validate your problem. Um, the second thing I would say that, that I have learned the hard way is how important a strong network is. I think part of the big problem we face as a venture industry in terms of underrepresentation with women and minorities is the fact that we have to rely so heavily on our networks, but we fail to broaden our networks to people that think and look differently than we do. So I, I advise my, my interested entrepreneurs, you get to any event you can attend, you go talk to everybody and anybody who will listen, and you go out of your comfort zone a thousand times over to build that network. Because you never know who's going to open the right door for you, but the odds of you being able to open the right door for yourself are slim to none. Okay, so we're, we're out of time, but quickly, if a person wants to reach you, how do they go about do that? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up, Aaron Mundell Anderson. Um, easy to find me there. My email address is, is open and public. It's Aaron at impactvc.com. Anyone's welcome to shoot me a note. Um, happy to, to take any and all uh, comers. So thank you, Alan.